And now, your Cover B News with your hosts, Chris and T. Everybody, welcome back to Cover B. Welcome back to Cover B. We are back with some news. Ooh. Uh, this is a rare opportunity for us to actually follow up on something that we've done in the past. That never happens. Which never happens. We're usually like one and done kind of people, even <laughs> if the thing that we're one and doneing uh, requires some follow up. <laughs> for instance, I was listening to our X Men cover spiracy recently. And we were so wrong. And everything. On everything. <laughs> and maybe one day, one day we'll break that apart and be like, God, Marvel, why? So bad. Anyway, what we're talking about today, and you can go back and review our previous episode on it, right around the time all the uh, drama was going on of James Gunn and Peter Safran taking over uh, the DC Cinematic Universe, which is now just referred to as DCU, which is cool. Um, we did an episode that was kind of drumming up everything that was going on and then postulating what we thought were going to be the moves going forward. Um, it was like a drama. It was like part drama roundup, part cover spiracy, right? So, yeah, um, good good way to put it of us just talking about the gunning and theorizing lots of theorizing. Yeah. Anyway, we're back with the Gunning Two. This time, it's confirmed. Uh, <laughs> yesterday, I saw it on Instagram. I'm not sure where all it dropped, uh, but I saw it on Instagram. James Gunn and DC uh, dropped a video talking about the eight-year plan that they have going forward. Um, and then on DC's website, you can actually find more detailed conversations between uh, Gunn and Safran about all these individual projects um, <clears throat> and all the different details. So we wanted to give you guys kind of a rundown of everything that is coming up. Uh, for those who didn't see the video, you can also go find the video. You can find these articles. We just wanted to give you a rundown and our general reaction to these things, uh, as well as uh, point out moments that we were right. There were so many more instances in this where we were right than the X-Men thing. <laughs> It's we true. actually we actually called stuff this time, and I'm really proud about it, and it makes up for the X-Men failure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which I let's just not talk about that ever again. <laughs> so the main <clears throat> the main takeaways from everything that's been announced so far, and it's important to remember that this isn't guaranteed uh this is just at least what's coming. Right. Uh, James Gunn actually said said on the interview portion on the on the DC webpage on DC's main webpage, covering all these things that these are just the things he's able to talk about now. Due to various other reasons, there are other things that they have planned that he can't bring up, um, and there's other things that they want to keep a surprise. And there might be surprises in this eight year plan uh, of different things popping up. Uh, the big takeaways, like I said, it's an eight year plan. Uh, the Flash movie is, and this is one of the ones that stands out the most to me, uh, for unfortunate reasons. The Flash movie is going to be the focal point of the change for DCU. Uh, James Gunn confirmed that, you know, we've known for a long time that this is basically going to be a Flashpoint movie. Right. It's going to involve a lot of multiversal stuff and a lot of time travel stuff. 
Um, there's been a lot of reshoots and a lot of changes and cameos that are being made, etc., etc. A lot of different connections being made. Uh, but it's essentially confirmed now that whatever happens in the Flash movie is going to result in Ezra Miller's The Flash, uh, who it seems is going to continue doing The Flash. They just don't have plans for a project for them now. Um, is going to come back into a changed DC universe. Uh, James Gunn begins the video by mentioning that the projects that they already have planned still work in this grand scheme. Uh, specifically, he points out Blue Beetle and Shazam kind of being off in their own pocket of the DCU, so they are still able to function. Uh, he doesn't say anything specific about how Aquaman 2 is going to run, um, and I have a few more details later on about Jason Momoa's stance and all this. Um, as we mentioned in our previous episode about all the drama, Jason Momoa is confirmed not fired. Uh, Gal Gadot is also confirmed not fired. Uh, Henry Cavill is pretty much the only one from that run that has been asked to not return in his role as Superman. This <clears throat> um, bums me out. A little bit. I gotta. I gotta say. I'll. I'll open up. First and foremost. Yeah, it's not great. Um, I still really don't want to. I don't agree with the decisions being made about Ezra Miller, yeah. and that might make me overly. Call me what you want to call me. Call me overly nitpicky. Call me overly cancer. Little cancel culture, Chris over here. If you're gonna be recasting everybody anyway, I don't see the problem. And maybe it will still happen. Maybe we'll go see this movie and Ezra Miller will return to their home time and then look down and be like, oh, I'm suddenly a different person who's not problematic. It just, <laughs> it seems funny to me how quickly and willingly WB was to just write off a bunch of pretty terrible things as someone having a bad mental health thing. And by all means, I support mental health treatment. I think Ezra Miller should go to therapy and treatment for their mental health. But I don't think we should, and this might be the direction that they're taking. And to be fair, it could just be Peter Safran and James Gunn kind of walking on eggshells. It's a delicate situation, and that's fair. That is fair. They're hinging the entirety of this big push that WB and DC are putting tons of money into on this movie. You know, when you look at, like, what happened with the Batgirl movie, you know, it's it's harder to do that with something of this scale, of this caliber. And that's understandable that you'd want to be kind of delicate. I think Ezra Miller's position in uh, the DCU should be hinged not on their willingness to go get treatment, but their action. Action yeah. over words. It should be they went and got treatment and then some years went by and they didn't do any sketchy crap. Yeah. Because what <laughs> happens when they're like, yep, Ezra's our new Flash. We're going to continue with the Flash. They're getting treatment. And then Ezra goes through the treatment process and is like, cool, I'm better now. And then kidnaps someone again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? And, you know, say what you will about allegations and whatever. Um Say it to the families of the people that were worried about these people is all I got to say. Don't don't. I don't know. I, I this is a tough one for me because I, I was. I I knew it was coming. But here we are and I don't really know what my plan is 
in terms of how to approach the extended DCU with this Flash movie that I kind of was planning on Never avoiding <laughs> uh, being the hinge point of it. So I don't know if that's going to... It's it's hard having a career <laughs> in this industry or having, I guess, you know, having this passion, having this podcast and then being presented with something like this where it's like, you know, it's important for me to know what happens in this movie because of what I do, because of this. being able to give information to you guys at home and, you know, know what happens going forward. But also, I really don't want to support things that I'm firmly against. To you be know? fair... From a from a weird one off position, um, you're not alone. Um, I I frequent a lot of the social media sites mm-hmm. and and you know all of the major publications for her comics and and you know nerd entertainment have been posting about this and have been talking about how Flashpoint is going to be the kind of reset for this and all of the comments on those posts on places like Reddit and Facebook are all. Why are we letting a kidnapper get away with this? Why mm-hmm. are you doubling down on him? I'm not going to go see this. I'll mm-hmm. wait until they relaunch <clears throat> Flash again because God knows they will. Mm-hmm. Like, most of the commentary has not been supportive. Most has been very disappointed and yeah. disheartened. And it, So that's an interesting thing to go into, it's right? Like I, it's like I said, it's 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 a strong probability that the Flash movie was already planned as a movie in which DC could repair a lot of the issues that came up. Right. And then they started to make this big push and they started to put tons of money into Gunn and Safran's big plan. And then they, you know, molded the Flash movie into kind of fitting into that. And it's it's possible that just where they were, there was no coming back from it. Yeah. But, and it, again, it's a delicate situation and I understand Gun and Safran and everyone at DC and WB needing to walk on eggshells because if Ezra is able to recover, I guess, I mean, I don't know because I don't anyway, um, action for me, I, I will see where the future goes. I, I will be willing to change my opinion if, you know, tons of information that we didn't have before comes out about these various things that happened. Um, you know, they're copping to the burglary charge, fine. But, like, it just seems like I'm going to cop to the least damaging of these charges. <laughs> yeah. And I'm also going to go get, like, bougie, like, sparkling water L.A. therapy. Yeah. And corporate-funded L.A. therapy. And then continue getting a huge paycheck from this company. While what? Yeah, I mean, even before everything that going was going on, Ezra Miller was in the news for choking fans and spitting in fans' mouths and stuff like that. And it's like, what happens when that continues? What happens when that goes on? And I, I was the choking, the spitting. I don't really care of it. Was it was kink stuff? Like whatever. Like as long as it's consenting adults yeah. doing consenting adult things, spit in whoever you want to spit in. Spit in whatever orifice you want to spit in. <laughs> I don't care. That part doesn't bother me. Anyway, I'm not going to rant about this anymore. This is the first point. I just wanted to get it out of the way that I had this kind of feeling, this vibe about it. And last thing we'll say is maybe just maybe 
will go through this whole movie. Ezra do is, does a great job. And in the very last scene, he comes through the portal and it's first person perspective and he's looking around and then they pull away and it's Grant Gustin and everyone's happy. <laughs> yeah. <who knows? laughs> anyway, uh, so Flash is going to be kind of the focal point of the this change over to the new DCU, uh, which everyone predicted. We all knew it was happening. Uh, Shazam, Aquaman 2, Flash and Blue Beetle uh, are still happening. And those characters will still be portrayed by their current lineup. There's no plans in the changes or anything like that going forward. Gunn and Safran addressed uh, Jason Momoa, the rumors that he would be taking over as Lobo, uh, said that he will not be playing two characters, but they're waiting to address any changes until after Aquaman 2. Uh, but they did also mention that Momoa always pictured Aqu Aqu Aquaman. Aquaman. Aqualung uh, <laughs> <clears throat> as a trilogy. So he's probably in for three movies. So maybe no Momoa Lobo, maybe Momoa Lobo. Momoa? Lomoa? Loboa? Loboa. Jason Loboa, maybe eventually. <laughs> The big part of this eight-year plan is that movies, TV, animation, and games will all be running in the same universe. Whoa! Uh, no idea what this means <laughs> for games that are coming out kind of after this, because we do have the Suicide Squad game coming, but I think it's just going to fall into the next category, which is that outside IP, a la Matt Reeves' Batman, Todd Phillips' Joker, Teen Titans Go!, uh, are going to be considered Elseworlds. So they're going to fly under the flag of Elseworlds, which is something that I mentioned and I was right about. So ding, ding. Ding, 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 ding. Chris was right. Ringing that bell. Put it on the board. Uh, Elseworlds. Because nice. uh, that's, for anyone who's been reading DC Comics knows that's what they that do. that's a common phrase that you hear, Elseworlds, Elseworlds, everything's Elseworlds. <laughs> Um, I don't even know what's not Elseworlds in comics. There's a point. big old team of writers that James Gunn has been working with uh, to kind of formulate everything. He's credited Tom King a lot of times yeah, uh, as being heavily involved and being like the man at the desk, I think he calls him, uh, for a lot of this change. So it's Gunn, it's Tom King, uh, it's Crystal Henry, who was a writer for the Watchmen TV series. Ooh. Uh, Christina Hodson, who wrote the Flash movie, the Batgirl movie, Birds of Prey. Uh, oh, Drew Goddard, who was responsible for Netflix's Daredevil, as well as Cloverfield. And Jeremy Slater, uh, who's coming off of Moon Knight and who also helped write the Umbrella Academy TV series. Those are so some big, really big name people. <laughs> really big name titles. They're all going to have their own sort of thing that they're working on. There are other TV creators that are coming in that we'll mention later. Uh, we don't have... Full idea of who's attached to what yet. Uh, we have a few people that we know are attached to different things. Um, but yeah, so that's that's the main takeaways and the main information. Uh, and then we'll get into the upcoming projects. They are calling the chapter one, this first eight year plan, Gods and Monsters. It's going to be about establishing uh, the roles and the status quo of the new DCU. They're kicking it off with an animated TV series for Creature Commandos. Uh, James Gunn seems really excited about this one. He is writing it. Uh, the roster includes uh, the lead character will be Bride of Frankenstein. Uh, and then there will also be Rick Flagg Sr., Nina Mazursky, 
Dr. Phosphorus, Eric Frankenstein, GI Robot, and Weasel. <laughs> this is going to be a cool one, I think, for James Gunn to do. It's going to be animated, which will be fun and give it, you know, its own sort of energy that it can bring to it. And flexibility. But it's also a very Suicide Squad type cast type very group. up his alley like the creature commandos <laughs> are very you know they're they're a bunch of weirdo monsters that go around and do weirdo monster stuff and they get jobs that nobody else wants and things like that so you know it's way in his wheelhouse with guardians and with uh suicide squad and etc um so i think this will be a really cool one and i i think it'll be neat to have you know james gunn always kind of brings his friends in and it'll be neat to see who takes on some of these roles and if some of these roles pop up in other areas. Absolutely. You know, Dr. Phosphorus is a Batman villain. So who's to say that, you know, he's and he's one of those like shaky Batman villains that's like kind of morally fine sometimes, but then yeah. other times is a douchebag. It'll be really interesting, too, because he explicitly <clears throat> said that moving forward, if they're not an Elseworlds title, they want whether it's animated or live action, everyone to be the same character mm -hmm. across the board. Yep. So if they're the person cast in live action, they're going to be that same person if it's depicted in animation. So yeah. I feel like that opens some really cool doors. They were too. asked, um, Sephran and Gunn were asked about doing big Justice League type crossovers. And their plan going forward is to not necessarily do like big like Avengers moments. Mm -hmm. like you, when you look at the Marvel universe, it was like everyone was very isolated in their own movies. And then every time there was an Avengers movie, it was like everyone's here now. Right. Uh, they kind of want to do that always. That's so their cool. their ongoing conversation is that they want to have people <laughs> popping up in everything. That's so cool. like once somebody's introduced, they can pop up all over the place. Um, and it makes a lot of sense with the direction that they're going. Especially because they have locked in some people that really are eager to continue playing these roles. Absolutely. Especially in the Peacemaker side of things. And Suicide Squad You've got too, Viola yeah. Davis is willing to continue reprising her role of Waller. You've got, you know, John Cena, I don't think will ever stop being Peacemaker. Um, Margot Robbie wants to still keep <clears throat> doing Margot Harley Robbie Quinn. wants to still keep doing Harley Quinn. So you've got a lot of people to pull from that are excited. That said... Um, Gunn has said multiple times that he wants to recast in response to people talking about Batista playing Bane. Right. He's focused mainly on casting younger talent oh, because nice. he wants people to be locked in for a long time. That's fair. So it's very possible that we're going to see DC enacting what Marvel did like over a decade ago of locking people into like 15 year contracts <laughs> and stuff, which will be really interesting. And it'd be cool to see you know, younger talent step in and kind of take, take the push. On. That said, then we also have Gal Gadot, apparently is still Wonder Woman. Jason Momoa is still Aquaman. Ezra Miller is still The Flash. So who knows? And, There's still a lot of questions. You know, <laughs> <clears throat> Gal Gadot is the type of person that's going to age like a fine wine. So that's fine. And Jason Momoa is also aging like fine wine. And Ezra Miller's kind of young. So, you know, they're... Who knows? Who knows? You know, as long as we don't have Batflick. Um, speaking of Viola Davis, the next thing is a live action TV series called Waller. This is going to take place in between Peacemaker season one and two. No idea on when season two of Peacemaker is coming, but Waller is going to take place in between that. Uh, Viola Davis is coming back. 
Uh, it is written and developed by Crystal Henry, who we mentioned earlier, as well as Jeremy Carver, who was one of the uh, developers of Doom Patrol. Uh, Gunn mentioned that the cast of Peacemaker is going to pop up in the show, and it's going to be very much in line with the tone of the Suicide Squad movies and Peacemaker. Uh, that takes us into Superman Legacy, which is the first live-action film that we have in this lineup. Uh, they have both said that this is basically the big point. Like, this is the official launch. The kicking off point. Of the new DCU. The other things were, like, things that they kind of wanted, were, like, preambles. Tra like warm -ups. Transitionary. And, like, <laughs> I feel like Creature Commandos and Waller <clears throat> and even Flash, their main job is to, like, put some of the, like, necessary origin pieces in place. Like right. things that we need to know before we get to like the big guys. Um, and then we get to the big guys. They're banking a lot on this. Uh, they already have a release date, July 11th, 2025. Uh, as per the previous drama, they're recasting Superman. Mr. Cavill is not coming back. Uh, this is written by James Gunn and Safran really wants Gunn to direct it, but I don't think Gunn's confirmed if he's doing it or not. Uh, this is not an origin story, uh, which is cool. Again, uh, that's something we were both right about. So, bing! Avoid origin stories. They listened. Sorry. Good to know you listen to this podcast, James Gunn. We appreciate it. <clears throat> Thank you for your patronage. Saffron and Gunn have vaguely discussed that this movie may be about Superman dealing with his position as an ultimate all-time good guy in a world full of gray areas. That's an important thing to remember. The gray areas thing comes up a lot in these titles that they're they're bringing up. Right. They seem to be very focused. Like, I know, I think Safran mainly, when he stepped into this role, was very focused on the, like, almost sainthood of DC superheroes. Yeah. And wanting to, like, work with that. Um, so it seems like they're going to give us a very, very good guy Superman. You know, we're, we're done with the broody you know, Snyder Superman's good. <laughs> we're going, we're going all in on like the hype, really smiley, really nice Superman. And I like that. I'm good with that. I, I hope that gives me hope that especially putting it like good guy in a gray world that mm -hmm. gives me Bendis Superman vibes, which mm -hmm. I really, really enjoyed. And I wanted to point out in both the video and on the, on DC site, the article about these releases, they use Frank Quitely's art from All-Star Superman, <clears throat> which is a Grant Morrison run. Grant <laughs> Morrison comes up a lot. A lot. In all this. <laughs> um, Clearly, James Gunn has a preference. <laughs> yeah. So just pointing that out, that if there's Grant Morrison stories that you like, they might get made because mm -hmm. it seems like Gunn is really all in on... Uh, Grant Morrison. Following up Superman, we've got Lanterns. This is a live-action TV show about Jon Stewart and Hal Jordan. It has been likened by Safran and Gunn to a true detective-style mystery. We don't know much more about it, like what creators are involved or anything like that. Uh, James Gunn mentions both in the video again and in other interviews I saw uh, <clears throat> that some sort of ancient horror on Earth plays a part in both this story and the overarching story of their projects going forward. So it's possible that Lanterns is where we're introduced 
into whatever will be the kind of sweeping hmm. either Thanos-y kind of thing or just what what is defining this DCU as its own thing and driving the stories forward. Cool. So this is potentially where we first find that out. Uh, following that is The Authority. Uh, it's a live action film. For those who don't know, The Authority are characters coming out of Wildstorm. Uh, back in 2000, the DC purchased uh, the Wildstorm imprint, uh, which was was a creator-driven thing, but now is a part of DC. And James Gunn, like many of us other Wildstorm fans, was super excited to see them in the DC universe. I'm sure there were Wildstorm fans that weren't, but everyone I talked to was like, Wildstorm Superman, yeah! Um, <laughs> So, you know, uh, that said, uh, the authority is a group of superheroes who see the world as broken, uh, and they want to fix it by any means possible. So if that's, you know, political subterfuge, if that's, uh, you know, acts of terrorism, if that's murdering people or tearing down facilities and systems and etc then they'll do it uh it's got some really cool characters i highly recommend uh looking into the wildstorm stuff uh recently there was a series called superman and the authority which was really really good and guess who wrote it <laughs> graham morrison <laughs> When there was they... also a Wildstorm series from, I'm trying to, Warren Ellis uh, wrote a Wildstorm series fairly recently. I'm trying to see what year it was, uh, but it was really good. Highly recommend. I As soon as that announcement was made in the video, Chris and I were near each other, and I looked straight at him, and he was like, mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yes, please. Um... <laughs> <clears throat> Super cool. I love the authority. I'm really, really excited about it. Uh, James Gunn is also really excited about it. He calls it a passion project. So we should get something really, really cool out of this. And I think the authority are fun characters to have kind of weaving into these other stories. Absolutely. You know, you can have Midnighter popping up in different things, Apollo popping up in different things, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, they just, they, the fact that the two films back-to-back -back that we know of, are Superman, which is about Superman being, like, ultra-hype, really saintly superhero dealing with a gray area kind of world. Good guy soups. And then literally gray area superheroes. <laughs> it's such a cool kind of, like, bounce. Yeah. Like, those are the two it's films that we have back-to-back, -back, and I sure. think that's that's really dope. I, li I like that uh, that progression. Following on that is Paradise Lost, and I'm assuming this is how they release, like, in the video, this is how, and on, on their website, this is the order that they put them in, so I'm assuming this is the order they're releasing in. Things may change. Don't hold this against me. If you come at me for this, I'm gonna be like, dude, get a hobby. Um, <laughs> I'm just telling you, like, it was told to me. Uh, following on that is Paradise Lost. This is a live-action TV series that takes place in Themyscira. Uh, it has been likened to uh, Game of Thrones, so it's going to be very dark, very, like, political, very, like, uh, 
powers and wars and warmongery. That dark fantasy stuff. Uh, and it apparently takes place before Diana's birth. So Wonder Woman will not be in this. It'll be about the Amazons themselves and the establishment of Paradise Island and how an island of all women and a governing body of all women came to be. It's going to be cool. Uh, it could be cool. There's probably going to be, be really a lot cool. of like mythical creatures. Uh, I hope they address the like... There's like that door, I, I forget what it's actually called, but it's like the door of darkness in on Themyscira. Oh, yeah. Where they like stand guard because behind it is like all the evil mythological creatures of the world. Yeah. And uh, that would be cool to see them like take that. Like we're going to fortify this and they have to like fight back all the bad things and That'd stuff. Awesome. That would be neat. Uh, Ares will probably be there, which would be cool. So could be a cool series. Uh, following that, really exciting, The Brave and the Bold. This is a live-action film, and this is going to introduce the DCU's Batman. So we will not have a Batman up until this point, which is a little weird. I'm okay with it. Kind of hope they have Batman pop up somewhere, because there'll be, like, a few movies deep at this point. Uh, and with, you know, it's not an origin. So which it's going to awesome. be an established Batman. So it would be kind of weird to have an established Batman who doesn't pop up. But, you know, at the same time, <laughs> Marvel, where's the Fantastic Four? Am I right? Anyway, <laughs> um, so this is going to it's not going to be an origin. It's going to focus on Damian Wayne, Batman's <gasps> son. Uh, they have mentioned that other members of the Bat family will be present. I know specifically James Gunn has said that he really wants to use Cassandra Kane's Batgirl at some point. That's awesome. So that would be cool to see her come in. Nightwing might be there. Batwoman maybe. Who knows? Be cool to see some of these people pop up. Uh, and Gunn explicitly states that this Batman will not be Pattinson, will not be Affleck. They want to get Ben Affleck to direct something. Maybe he'll direct this. I don't know. That would be kind of cool. That Having Batman direct Batman. Yeah. You know? Um. Anyway, this is another Grant Morrison title. <laughs> <laughs> you think? You think James has a preference in his reading? Yeah. He goes to his local comic shop and he looks at the wall and he's like, uh, "Yeah, no." Uh, yeah. Morrison. Oh, Grant. Yeah. <laughs> I should mention, I guess, that Grant Morrison also recently wrote Green Lantern. Uh huh. He um, sure did. And it was like very cop based. It sure was. It was like I think the whole their whole premise for that thing that that uh story arc that uh that run was making how like a straight up space cop it pretty much was yeah i think at one point he arrests god or something <laughs> i don't know it's a weird run but uh i'm just pointing out that grant morrison is all up in this bitch <laughs> i'm gonna announce the next one okay oh yeah because yeah, the next you deserve one the right to is guess what it's Booster Gold. And guess what? I called that ding, 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 ding. I called it so hard. When he said it, I squeed. Yeah. <laughs> like, I I, I just, I, I felt it in my bones, guys. Yep. Like, I just knew. Yep. And according to Gunn, it's a character story that's going to be a very different type of show. And we're talking to an actor about it now. I have one concern. Mm. I'm very excited about Booster Gold. Booster Gold's awesome. I have very one concern. He recently made a quote <clears throat> talking about the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Um, that he had, while, you know, they're not going to be continuing to do a bunch more with Guardians, he is intending to work with each and every one of those cast members again individually. And a lot of people <laughs> mm -hmm. are now concerned 
Yeah. That this means Booster Gold is going to be Chris Pratt. I okay. I can't. Don't do this to me. <laughs> I don't I don't want to say that there's a good chance. I don't want it. That quote, I put that quote onto our like notes uh specifically because it makes me feel like Booster Gold is going to be cuz Booster Gold's a weird character. Yeah. He's a fan favorite for sure, but kind of like a cult fan favorite. Yeah. Like People know him if they know him. Yeah. But if you don't have a direct interaction with him, you're like, who the hell is this guy? I don't know. Uh, he's a fun character. Uh, but he's, he's a weirdo not, and a loser. <laughs> he's not I one that would inherently pop up all the time. So I think they're probably going to approach it very much the way they approached Peacemaker, wherein they got an actor and the, the piece was sold on that actor. Right. You know, people came to Peacemaker because of John Cena's performance yeah. as Peacemaker. And so they would want to find somebody that would have that kind of draw. No. And unfortunately, Chris no. Pratt does fall in. I, there's plenty of other people, <laughs> no. plenty of other people that do. There are plenty of other, you know, actors that would be really cool to get into this role, be really funny to get into this role and younger actors that would be really, you know, well served getting into this role. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised. I think what is sucks, what I'm saying. What's bumming me out is that Booster Gold is a Chris Pratt role, right? Mm -hmm. Like he it's, does a, the, it's an Andy Dwyer. It's he a, does it's the a lovable Star loser. Lord. Yeah, yeah, he's a loser. He's a weirdo. Mm -hmm. He's not actually a superhero. He just has future tech. Like it makes sense. Mm -hmm. I just also hate it. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I don't. I don't want to see it happen either. Uh, but, but I also am kind of like. <sighs> I mean the the you might benefit from the fact that it's going to be a TV show. That's true. Because I could definitely see Chris Pratt being like, "No, I don't do TV." You know what Even I mean? Though that's where he started. Yeah, I don't do TV. You know, I don't know. Maybe mm. maybe he will. Maybe he won't. But mm. I think there are cool people that he could get into there, and I am excited to see who they cast. Yes. I just you know I won't be surprised if. <laughs> It turns out to be <laughs> Don't do this to me, James. <laughs> Next up, we got another super film. This is Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. This is based off of a run uh, that Tom King did recently that saw Supergirl being a bit more jaded, a bit more, uh, you know, Tom King's whole thing. <laughs> yes. You know, whether it be Adam Strange or Mr. Miracle or Supergirl or whoever is kind of taking a look at these people in their weakest moments. What right. would their weakest moments be? What would be the thing? What would be their anxieties? What would be their, their, the things that irk them, the things that keep them up? Right. And when he took a look at Supergirl, you know, he looked at Supergirl's origin, which is that she was also on Krypton, but she was older. She experienced everything that happened on Krypton and then got sent to Earth to take care of her cousin, who was already an established superhero and was fine and didn't need her. Right. And then, you know, she had to play. She was sent there to protect this person, had to play kind of second fiddle to this person. What would that do to you? You it know, sucked. would that make you want to continue being a hero? Would you question who you are, et cetera, et cetera. And that's where we find Supergirl in this title. Uh, we find her really questioning if she wants to be 
Supergirl anymore. Super. And, or <laughs> not even to the extent of like, you know, what we've seen with Spider-Man, like, oh, I'm throwing my suit in the trash. Just kind of like wondering what being Supergirl actually means and what the point of all of it is. Uh, it's going to be a really cool title. I'm really excited. Tom King being involved with the overall writing <laughs> and overall like kind of curating of this DCU gives me hope that he'll be involved in the actual writing of the movie. Uh, do I think it probably would have been served better as a show? Yes, actually. Um, it's give it more time, gives it more time, but, uh, you know, it's, it's hard adapting these entire runs and like 12 issue maxi series and stuff into, though I think this one might've just been eight, but you know, Still. eight issues of stories into a, into a movie. Who knows? But I'm really excited about this one. This is probably the one that stands out to me the most. That and authority are probably the two I'm most pumped for. And then rounding off everything with very few details, um, Swamp Thing, live action film. Safran mentioned that the main reason they wanted to bring that up and announce that one, even though they don't have many details, uh, is because uh, he says multiple, like him and Gunn both in multiple different ways mentioned the difference in tone between all these projects when they're talking about Swamp Thing. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking Swamp Thing is going to be their introduction of, like, the horror side of DC. The dark. He mentions that it's going to be a dark origin of Swamp Thing, and then they talk a lot about how all these projects have different tones, and the creators they're bringing in all have different tones, even though they're all in the same universe. So I think what they're going to try to do, which will be good, because it'll be very different from what Marvel did, in especially in their... Marvel's run up to, you know, Thanos right. to ultimately Endgame uh, was very uniform, very, you know, very much the same. Yeah. Very much the same tone, very much the same vibe. It was action movies, adventure movies. It cetera, felt very cetera, much cetera. like chapters of the same book. Yeah. And, you know, to be fair, the sometimes that they've deviated slightly, like Thor Dark World got panned, so they played it very safe. I think it would be interesting to see DC do the exact opposite and make things very different. Very, because that's DC Comics. DC Comics. Absolutely. One of the beauties of DC Comics uh, is that it does have so many extremes. You have yeah. very cosmic stuff. Stuff gets very cosmic. Yeah. Stuff gets very, like, street level and gritty. Stuff gets very horror. And it's, like, way all over the place. And DC's a good place to do that. And their characters are good for handling that. It would be really nice to see the contrast between Marvel, which kind of put each character into the same tone and same, like, structure, which we, you know, lamented in many moments <clears throat> because it tended mm -hmm. to make certain characters how we called it Tonyified. It was yeah. Starkified across the board, you know. Nobody had their individual tones. Mm -hmm. Everybody felt... Every movie and every, you know, character kind of ended up feeling very similar. Yeah. It would be cool if DC instead made the tone based on the character yeah. and let each character kind of define how that movie's going to feel. Well, in a post-in-game world, too, Marvel has been doing that. True. You know, Marvel has been moving more into these tonally different things. Uh, right. You know, Werewolf by Night was incredible and was a horror thing. It felt like good And Doctor Strange was horror. also horror. Doctor Strange was also horror. And, you know, Moon Knight was very tonally different from right. a lot of things. And then, you know... She-Hulk took that starkification, that kind of quippy tone, and took it to an extreme. Uh, and they've been... But they haven't been playing with it in it to to a full amount. Right. You know what I mean? Moon Knight still had 
quippy moments. Right. And, you know, Miss Marvel was very much in the formula of everything. Absolutely. So they've been, like, toying with it, but they haven't been going there. Yeah, they haven't and, pushed the, the limits yet. you know, on the horizon they have, like, Blade and stuff, so maybe they will start to go there. But I think it would be DC in their push for this... You know, it's like we said in the past episode in the when we were speculating about everything. The thing DC needs to do is be different. Yep. They they need to not try to reproduce what Marvel did. They nope. need to not try to capture that lightning in a bottle. They need to do something different. Yep. Look at what Marvel did and explicitly do opposite things. <laughs> do Marvel, not that. Marvel stayed very formulaic. We're going to break out all over the place marvel kept things very uniform and then had like team movies we're gonna have teams all over the place people just pop you know, up wherever we feel like it. even like marvel had like a run-up to a big kind of encounter we're just gonna have that big encounter be here like there's various decisions cover multiple movies and exactly TV shows there's like... various decisions they could make to make it feel unique and i think that's what they need to be focused on and i do think that that's what from everything I read from all the kind of vague statements that Safran and Gunn have made, I think that's the direction they're going. I think they're taking a look at the competition and they're saying, we're not going to do that. Yeah. We're not going to copy this. We're going to do our own thing. And Gunn and Safran for, you know, all the worries and all the like, fire James Gunn hashtags and stuff that have popped up. And all the sadness of, you know, different actors being fired and different actors that we don't agree with. <laughs> continuing uh they care about the source material it's true you know gun knows comics he does and i don't know as much about what safran knows but i'm assuming he does too and they they know what tone these characters are supposed to hit you know and the decisions that they're making with these i really like it makes sense you know i like that they're doing an established batman with a bat family and they're gonna finally bring and Safran was the one that was like, we feel like it's been too long and the Bat family hasn't had their their time on cinema. It's true. And it's true. And so they're excited to bring these things in. You know, James Gunn mentioned on various ones that these are passion projects or he's excited about it or he's working really close with people. And it's it's cool to see the people taking charge seeming like they want to make stuff that serves the stories and the characters and the fans and less just make stuff that's gonna like turn and burn and meet the action quota and stuff like that it also it it just feels really good coming off of marvel and finishing the thanos run and going into these more bite-sized feeling ips that we're doing with marvel Mm -hmm. it feels really nice to hear someone say all right here's our eight-year plan Mm -hmm. We're planning, things are going to tie in, things are going to coordinate, it's going to make sense. Whereas something that we've been struggling with is coming out of, you know, Infinity War, coming out of Endgame, Marvel feels so disjunct. It feels so like, here's some money and now, thank you, okay, bye. Everything feels really ephemeral. It's all throwaway storylines. Like, our characters don't leave with any sort of, like, new gained anything. (laughs) Except on the show side. The show side is being a little bit more, like, forward-thinking, but... um, Yeah, I think it's cool. I'm really stoked. I I was nervous about what they were going to announce. There's parts of it that I... I mean, there's really only one part that I have a huge hang-up on, and I'm going to have to have my own personal kind of come-to-God moment about (laughs) how to handle that. And we'll keep you posted. 
We will say, don't expect an episode on The Flash. We're not doing it. I'm not doing it. I I refuse. Uh, so go find your Flash reviews elsewhere. Even if I end up, you know, eating crow and going to see it, I'm not doing an episode on it. I'm not wasting my breath on it. Um, but I'm I'm pumped. I'm really stoked. And it'll be interesting to see how Marvel responds. Like what now that their competition is kind of like digging in their heels right. and bringing it forward. What is Marvel going to do? What is their choice going to be? Yeah. You know, what changes are they going to make? Yeah. And, and present to us yeah. as the forward looking plan and how to make things feel cohesive and exciting yeah. again. And it'll be cool to see what sort of surprises we get along the way. You know, as you noticed, probably there were no video games announced. Mm -mm. Um, James Gunn in an interview was talking about what he meant by like video games being involved. And he said, like, you know, we're not going to have a release a movie and then also like, oh, here's a Supergirl movie and also a Supergirl video game. But like in between Superman, the Superman movie and the Supergirl movie they have coming, maybe they'll is there a story we can tell between those? Right. He said so. Like, maybe there is there a crypto game we can play in between those. So that's <laughs> that's cool. The direction they're taking on video games. But it seems like video games are still kind of a gray area for them in terms of what they, they plan. Right. Introducing the cool teams that they've introduced, though, gives them a lot of options. Oh, absolutely. Like the authority, creature command, those kind of things give them a lot of like variety of games that they could bring in. So it would be cool to see. If we so. get a better bat family, maybe we'll get a better bat game. Yeah, hey. <laughs> <sighs> Looking at you, Gotham Knights. Anyway, it's exciting. I'm it's pumped. It's very exciting. So go check out the video. If you can find it, go check out, uh, or we'll link to it. Can we yeah, link we can it? link we'll it in the it. description. Um, I don't know how computers work. Um, <laughs> I can make it happen. <laughs> so we'll link to these things. So check them out on your own. Uh, let us know what you think. And thank you so much for listening. If you want more episodes of Cover B, including our previous episode about James Gunn taking over, you can find it on CoverBPodcast.com. And if you want to follow us on social media, we are on Facebook and Instagram at CoverBPodcast. So again, thank you for listening. Long episode of us rambling about news, but <laughs> uh, we appreciate you being here. As always, I have been your host, Chris. This has been your host, T. It's true. And you have been listening to, to Cover, Cover B. B. Bye, everybody.